0: Everyone, it's time to eat, drink, and be merry with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio's uh, Today. It's going to be Eat, Drink and Be Merry because that's what it's about with Diva Linda. So every first Saturday, uh, Linda Kassam joins Nancy and I here on Big Blend Radio. Uh, She's a travel writer, a food writer, a wine writer. Uh, she is known as the diva of food, wine, and shopping, uh, so we call her Diva Linda all the time, and she always likes to bring guests on our show, and today she's got two special guests joining us to talk about her farm adventures in Skagit Valley, Washington, and you can read her article on and tv.com. And it's really exciting because we did chat with Blake Van Field. uh, Mm -hmm. Wow, it was a couple months ago about genuine Skagit Valley, and she's a director of that. And so she was telling us about uh, the areas, agriculture, farming, uh, flowers, all the production, but also a new program called Farm Stand Fresh. And Diva Linda got to go there and have a genuine farm stay. And anytime I think of Diva out on the farm, It makes me smile because I think she must have new farm shoes. Um, Belinda, welcome back.
1: How are you? Uh, I'm very good. Thank you very much. I do have farm stay shoes and uh, Uh, I I did. And, uh, you know, they're ones that can't have rubber stuff along the bottom and uh, can get wet and then can yes. get rents they're not always the most beautiful of the bunch but uh mm-hmm. they do the job and i didn't have any concerns while i was there so wear good farm shoes That's i need good farm, farm shoes
0: because yeah. we were just on a farm and i decided to go in the farm pond and i discovered there were leeches coming from my yes so oh, i got no. out of the farm pond maybe not so but much. it was no it was cool it was cool but welcome back blake how are you doing i am good thank you thank Mm. you lisa
2: nancy and Mm. linda it's a pleasure to be here
0: and you know we've got another linda so we're we're doubled up on linda's today we've got linda morsage uh she and her husband own blanchard mountain farm and not only are they a farm but they're a farm stay. and uh, the diva stayed on the farm did diva behave linda
3: (laughs) very very well yes oh And I found no mud in our guest house after she
0: left. So Oh, so her shoes did good. (laughs) She did did well. Are they farm approved? (laughs) (laughs) Very important, very important. But, you know, I wanted to start with you, Blake, just to give everyone an overview of just like what you were telling us before on the show of where Skagit Valley is. And then we'll talk to Linda about her experience, diva Linda, the diva, because, you know, we got two Lindas here, but give everyone an overview of this area, because I think it's kind of this hidden gem. I know that's an overused term, but this hidden gem of agriculture and farms and flowers that, you know, maybe a lot of the country doesn't really realize, but the diva's been there. So now it's like, you know, <laughs> going to blow up <laughs> in a good way. <laughs>
2: Well, thank you, thank you, Lisa. Absolutely. We, in regards to location, the Skagit Valley is about an hour and a half north of Seattle and about an hour and a half south of Vancouver, BC. So we're, we're an agricultural powerhouse that's sandwiched between two major cities. And we are. We're the last remaining agricultural valley in the Puget Sound region. Over 90,000 wow. acres are cultivated with over 80 commercial crops. So the diversity is, is, is well known um, and we grow crops that not only feed our, our local population, but the region as well as the world
0: oh Hmm. excellent excellent and diva linda i'm so glad you went there and it's skagit valley i keep want to say skagit i'm sorry it's like a good job lisa my brain skagit i know you taught me last time and as you just said i went oh i am blonde you know but um you know that's got nothing to do (laughs) but diva linda you got to go and tour the farm stay on a farm which we know linda's going to tell us about but diva linda you also went to breweries you went to restaurants you went to flower shops you got to play with roses um you saw art too I mean there was like a little bit of everything
1: you know cool. and this is a wonderful place and and for those people who love flowers gardens um, want to know more about the small farm communities and, and how they're grouping together and um just making a really wonderful overall experience I was there for um about 24 hours over a two-day period and uh I'm telling you what Blake had me out there and running around and in a wonderful schedule. And Linda was so kind. Linda V was so kind to uh, take me on a, well, first of all, let me just say that her bed and breakfast is amazing. I mean, uh, Airbnb is amazing and uh, quiet and lovely. And the way you situated the, 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 the view is just amazing. Uh, wonderful and then to be able to walk out the door and get a wonderful tour a farm tour was was great um my love is flowers so she showed me a lot of her vegetables and so forth but i I think i brightened up a lot when we got to the flowers and (laughs) and the wonderful thing is everything i saw goes back out to the community i mean she stocks up the restaurants and in the various places and um you know, that's just kind of wonderful. You know, when I had my great big gardens, um, I did take a lot of my flowers to um, the hospitals and so forth to brighten up and cheer the uh, guests. We wouldn't be able to do that anymore. But I um, you know there's just something pretty darn wonderful about seeing a farm community and how they come together and what they do with what they produce. It's just yeah. how they produce it and what they do once they produce it um, and Linda can talk more to about that and Blake certainly has a a wonderful thing we were supposed to have another guest from the Garden Path Brewery but he was traveling and and that was another unbelievable experience for the vision that he has of the community and, and I think each of the places I stopped where I got to speak to someone all showed sort of a our community spirit and um, you just be so entertained and rested and um, everything and this is the most important thing everything by car is no more than 15 minutes wow.
2: so oh, wow. that
1: is wonderful you're not That's driving cool. an hour here an hour there on country roads you're not they're country roads but they're great roads and the, everything was together and I'm sure if you call Blake or email Blake mm-hmm. that she will uh, help you I mean, you can just follow what I did, and you'll have a wonderful time, including the best pizza ever. Uh oh. <laughs> I mean, ever and um, ever, and so anyway, so much to do, and and a wonderful place to stay. So I had a great time. Diva approved. Everything was. Oh, good. And she's got shoes. That's important. Pizza so Linda, I love it. I want to
0: go to your farm, Blanchard Farm. Tell us a little bit, like how many acres, what are you growing? And I know that you and your your husband both come from the education world. What led you into, you know, getting your hands in dirt and putting farm shoes on? Because let's stick to shoes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, okay. So um, Blanchard Mountain Farm, we bought it our acreage in 2013 and uh we did a lot of rebuilding once we got here it was kind of a little bit of a tired place so we rebuilt our house and we knew right away that we wanted to have a farm stand and we wanted to have a little guest house we wanted people to come to our farm and in part because of our educational backgrounds we you know we in we really enjoyed the interaction with the community and with the public. So those were two things that when we were mm-hmm. looking for land, we wanted to make sure that we could have. Mm-hmm. Um, we, prior to starting this farm, my husband and I had dabbled, you might say, in a, a vocational way in farming and gardening for all of our lives until we met each other. And um, we met in, uh, 1999. And we really decided that it was sort of now or never. um, Once we got into about 2010. So we left our, our jobs, our full time jobs, and we decided to work part time in education. Um, So we bought this place and it's 20 acres. We're really only farming about an acre. um, But we, we farm it rather intensively. We have mixed produce and a, f- a little bit of cut flowers and some unique herbs. We, the only traditional herb we grow is uh, Genovese basil, which is the type of basil that I brought some props, so I'll just keep holding things up here. So, you know, the Genovese basil is the basil that you make pesto out of, and mm-hmm. I have a lot of that. Um, and then we have some unique herbs that I mostly just sell wholesale, not so much in our farm stand, but we have lots of other produce and we focused our, um, produce on Italian vegetables. My background is Italian. And so we're growing a lot of the foods that I was eating as a kid and that I grew up eating and my family still eats. So one of the things that we specialize in is eggplant. Mm-hmm. And we grow quite a bit of eggplant, and we grow a lot of tomatoes. Wow. So the eggplant, the tomatoes, and the basil are the things that we're really known for. But we have everything else. We have patty pans, oh, I love them. Oh, wow, look
0: at that.
3: We have the little this...
0: aliens. Those are like yeah, we have flying saucers.
3: Green one today, this year that we're growing, mm. a little scallopini. Oh. Um, and then we also have, um, things like English cucumbers and we grow pickling. Cakes. Perfect. So we, and we take bulk orders from individuals for pickles and tomatoes and, um, and basil. Um, but we also sell to, as Linda was indicating to a lot of the nearby restaurants, there's probably about four or five restaurants within just a mile of our farm that we deliver to um, in the bow. And that is farm to table, right? Like the ultimate
0: of freshness.
3: And then the other way that we sell, so we've got the farm stand, we've got the nearby restaurants and a couple up in Bellingham, which is about 30 minutes from here. We sell through a farmer's cooperative called the Puget Sound Food Hub. And the food hub is... Uh, uh, Farmer owned, and we post our wares on a website and restaurants all over the region can buy through that um, through the website so for instance right now as i'm talking to you, my husband is out there harvesting eggplant and it's going to go to Seattle it's going to go to the San Juan islands um it's going to go cool. here gadget and it's just going to move around so through the food hub we're able to get things out a little bit further in the region and we just deliver mm-hmm. twice a week to a warehouse 20 minutes from our farm so we don't have to do the delivery
0: that's a huge stores. deal i have a friend who's retired a retired organic farmer and and she had a bed and breakfast too and every morning she was balancing cooking breakfast for guests Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and then on the phone taking orders from restaurants and you're having to deal with all the restaurant chefs and we're talking like the marine room yeah it's even Linda remember the marine room Um, they used to order from her all the time and so she was always balancing that and then sometimes she'd find herself out delivering for the day and you had to get it on time and so having some kind of hub like that I think it's really cool and then having you know, you can have a farm stand, but you 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 want people to go to the farm stand. And so that's where you come in, Blake, right? With genuine Skagit Valley. <laughs> that's what you guys help do is get the people to the farmers, literally. Sheena. We do. We do.
2: Definitely. Even with our wholesale producers and also our direct consumer, those that do have the farm stands that I think take a lot of pride in building the relationships with their customers. They, they get to know who is buying from them. And it's also an opportunity for guests to our farms to understand how their food is grown, meet their farmer. And to be quite honest, I've been impressed with a lot of our farmers, especially Linda, you are an excellent cook. And so getting tips on how to prepare these foods is part of our program. So not only is it an ability to really meet the people behind the crops and the products that we grow here, but also to come away with some fresh inspiration with what is in your basket. So we offer visitors to Skagit's farm stands. And this year we have 17 participating. We've grown every year. There are just some incredible opportunities to access fresh foods along beautiful country roads. And um, folks can sign up to have a one-on-one chef chat. We call them chef chats and our area chefs and culinarians will connect uh, over Zoom for a 15 minute one-on-one opportunity to just give you some ideas of, hey, this is something great that you can do with eggplant. And like, for instance, what a lot of people don't know about eggplant is that when it is fresh from the farm, it's sweet, it's not bitter. It melts in your mouth, it becomes creamy and, and you don't necessarily have to prepare it the same way that you would a store-bought one that has traveled how many hundreds of miles has been in cold storage. And, um, and so yeah. really tasting the quality of ingredients here is, is also part of the emphasis too. I know, Diva Linda, nice. you talked about the food
0: being fantastic at the restaurants, and um, you went, you've went. you got, like, really localized uh, brews, uh, mead, mm-hmm. you know, wine, all of that kind of thing. Um, so what was it like eating the food that was just, you know, grown right there? What, what was that? I mean, that's really farm-to-table, like, in close proximity.
1: Well, the food was absolutely wonderful, as you can imagine, um, but I think what makes it more fun is having the um or extra fun is having the um servers and the managers be so enthusiastic about where the food comes from they often oh, wow. put it yeah they often either either it's on the menu when they're talking about this came from here or this came from there or as they are taking your order and helping you uh find something they say, oh, you know, that comes from blah, 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 or Linda's farm or whatever, you know, and it's uh, it's such a different experience to have local ingredients within such, you know, a, a small area and um and have everybody be so enthusiastic about it. It just makes it that much yummier. It has a story behind it that you can relate to. Oh my gosh, I was at her farm today, or I was at that farm stand yesterday. Or, oh my gosh, I try, you know, I, in the back of my car, I have, you know, five pounds of blueberries now. So, or razzleberries or whatever, <laughs> you know, just because, uh, you know, and then you see how it's prepared. And that makes, you know, that makes it even more wonderful. So I think mm. my experience and yours too, if you go and you, you should, um, is that it's a, a community effort, tastes really, really good. And it's very different than going from it to a chain, I think. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you had yeah. blueberry
0: juice. Now, I was thinking that sounds like a good cocktail kind of deal. That a little great blueberry martini. Bottle. Oh, yeah.
1: well. <laughs> I'm just going. Uh, oh, yeah. So uh, Blake can talk a little bit about that, but they come in these great big blueberry jugs. I left mine, unfortunately, back uh, in, Sk- in uh, Skagit Valley with Blake, but I think she's sending it to me. But I got a little taste and Oh, it's a taste of the farm, you know, it's just a taste of the community. It's just, uh, mm. uh, you know, it's better. Blueberries
0: than- are like, they, they are treasured items, you know, blueberries. Mm. I mean, it's, you want to get them, you know, as organic as possible. They're antioxidants. They're really good mm. for your body and they're delicious. But to get blueberry juice, you just never really hear about it. You hear about people putting them in smoothies. You hear about them in all the cakes and things you're not supposed to be doing but they're good and pie, blueberry, like pie blueberry and juice just sounds like mm-hmm. that needs to be on a cocktail menu. It really something has to happen with that. But so this is huh. are they specific Done. jugs, Blake, that people have or? <laughs>
2: They are. We have a farm here called Bowhill Blueberries, and they're the only producer in the country making 100% blueberry juice. Every wow. other um, product blueberry juice that is on the market is cut with either grape juice or an apple juice concentrate. Right. So theirs hmm. is is it is incredible um and it is concentrated you you um so yes so it's it's excellent in cocktails and they do uh on their website they do offer a great variety of recipes for different cocktails and how you can incorporate the juice in it but it does make you feel a little bit better because it's so full of antioxidants it just counteracts the vodka so you're
3: fine
0: you're good. Well, vodka comes there, from
3: plants, there ha- too. There yeah. has been a blueberry basil martini in oh. gadget Valley. Oh. Yes.
0: Ooh. Ladies, Ooh. we're doing this all wrong. We should have all we had our martinis had today. You know, yeah. you know, you've got oh, early tomatoes. We could have oh, pesto. We can make a pesto pizza. Oh, yeah, this mm. is getting good. This is good. This is good. The other thing, uh, Diva Linda, it seems that you got into the flowers and that's sometimes uh, left out oh. of you know agritourism we hear about yeah. going to the wineries and things like that but the flowers and you went to nurseries and you saw roses
1: roses, roses. yeah so Christensen's is known for their roses and there's just a whole section but it's a, like a destination nursery so mm-hmm. it has a gift shop and it has you can just wander around there for you know just depending on how interested you are for a couple hours i spent an hour there and probably wasn't enough but um, the way that they've done their displays and they have many greenhouses that you can go into that are set up uh, to showcase various things and and everything was labeled so well. That's what I liked. Um, mm-hmm. and you weren't struggling. If you're trying to find a rose and you didn't know if you wanted one that, you know, had smell or had, uh, you know, there was a certain type of presentation you want or color or whatever, there it was. Really easy, grouped. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I used to, I live in the Pacific Northwest. Um, I lived in Seattle for about eleven years, I think. Oh. And uh, my rose garden was beautiful. My dahlias were beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, it's dahlias! my heart when I go there, and it's just all the lovely things that I used to put on my, uh, in my around my houses. I've had I had several there, and anyway, it was a great experience. And if you love that kind of thing, you see how it all sort of works together. I mean. We would oh it's just um, uh, so I saw a very large nursery and then uh, that was Christensen's and then I saw a very small one that was La Connor called La Connor and um, <laughs> so I'm rolling down the road you know thinking of this that and the other thing and this is a very small on on the corner type of uh, farm stand with farm where you can see the farm as well. And I didn't see a place to park. So I thought, well, what the heck? I'll just go down this dirt road until until one of <laughs> the workers was going like this to me. And and um Uh-oh. yeah, yeah. He didn't speak a lot of English, but he did say to me, big hole, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I got that on the ditch. I just didn't see it. So I would have gone, that would have been, you know, that would have been an interesting experience. You'd have to need out. new shoes for the ditch. There was, ah, bitch Diving. <laughs> oh, and then I got myself so switched into there that I couldn't back it out. He had to back it out because he kept yelling, No, no. And I backed out. I think I, I was going to hit his greenhouse. But anyway, besides that, it was a lovely oh, place with, with specialized garlic. All oh, of this huge. Oh, is this garlic. the place with the garlic where you can get mm. the balls? Garlic. Oh my gosh! Um, so if you like garlic, there's tons of different kinds, and it's the big bulbs, and mm. really, and what you know when they're down on the farm, it's like eggplant. You know, it's just more flavorful. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just uh mm. so you know you could put some in your <laughs> put some Cocktail. in your suitcase and take it home with you or whatever. Uh, I doubt that anybody would open your suitcase if you did that, but anyway, it's quite. It was wonderful. It was a a farm stand and a farm. And um, once I got my car parked correctly, there was lots of people to help me and figure out what it is that was there and what they were doing. So these are the kind of fun little things that you can do. Uh, I just think that for me, seeing uh, nurseries and farm stands and road stands and all that sort of stuff Restaurants that use community ingredients. Ah, just a, just a wonderful experience. Just if you think that you're going to go to Seattle and, fi- and find this kind of entertainment, this kind of destination, you will not. You have to go out north. You have to get in and amongst the farm community because it is just so darn special. Pike Place Market holds a special place in my heart as well. Great flowers, yeah. great... Uh, The flowers, the nursery,
0: I want to go back to that because this is really a a big deal. And Nancy and I have actually gone to growers and some of the biggest growers in the country. And Mm -hmm. some of them are in in your area there. Um, And when you get to a nursery that really labels, it's a big deal than buying from a box store. And I could get on a soapbox for years about this because the box store, somehow something happens between the mass production or growing of these plants and then gets to the box store and they think, like, Diva Linda when we lived in Tucson, you were in Phoenix, they will think that the same cactus that grows in Phoenix will grow in Tucson. Eh, kind of will, but but it's not like if 29 palms to not Phoenix always. are two different things, but they'll go, mm. desert Southwest, the same cactus or the same plant will grow. No, that is so not mm. true. And they the labeling is terrible and you don't have anybody there to talk to you and understanding microclimates to actually understand your zone and one desert is different than another there's a huge Mm -hmm. difference between Sonoran Colorado Mojave they're all different I mean they all have their own different snakes too just for that reason (laughs) but (laughs) but anyway no but the the it is a huge deal of and they still haven't fixed it and we've been talking about this for years it's just a Go local and support the small nurseries. It's just like supporting your small farmers because it is, they need the help, they need that support, and um, they will know how to grow something more than the big box store. Sorry, but I had to say I had to do that because they really don't know. There's no one really there helping you with your garden until you go to those places.
1: Linda, um- How much time do you spend out in your flower field? I know you have a little bit of help, but uh, on a daily basis, like especially when everything is, well, I guess it's from, from sprout to, to end,
3: you must be out there a
1: lot. Well,
3: I'm, I want to be out there a lot. Mm. (laughs) I tend to go to my flowers at the end of the day when the sun is setting (laughs) and it's quiet and, you know, I can get everything. Um, I, I, I spend a little bit of time probably each day in the flowers and then sometimes it's episodic. We have we grow a small amount of flowers so I have three, I just have 300 foot rows. And, um, oh actually a I have, small amount. I have four I actually have 300 here. I put in another 100 foot row of perennials and um, some poppies this year. Um, So we do, we have a little bit of help. We just have a couple of seasonal part-time people. So I do get them to help me a little bit with weeding. Um, But you can see behind me here, I dry a lot of flowers. And I've already started this year because we had a little mini heat wave and everything popped all at once. Um, And so I had to start pulling them in, Um, but Back to your question, Linda. Yeah, I start, um, I start sowing some of the flowers, and of course, our vegetables in February. Um, Mm -hmm. And we have them on heat, we have them on a heat bench. And um, so we start certain things, we start germinating really early. Um, Some Pure flower farms. They'll, you know, they'll do some sowings in the fall, and they'll overwinter things in their greenhouses. We have we have two hundred foot greenhouses, but I don't have any flowers in them. We have tomatoes in one of those, and eggplant and basil in the other. But I started drying flowers because I would I sell cut flowers in our farm stand, but they don't go very fast, to be honest with you. And for me growing flowers is just a passion. I I love the color, I love working with flowers. My husband has no interest in it, so I do all the <laughs> flowers myself. And I was getting a little bit disappointed because the fresh cuts weren't selling fast enough and so I was <laughs> I was moving them into our house or I was moving them into our guest house and you know I always have fresh flowers in our guest house when we have a new guest checking in. Um But then I started thinking, gosh, what if I dried these flowers? Because then I wouldn't have to worry about them going past, you know, if they weren't selling in the stand. And we have a lot of, um, at the end of the day, there's a lot of sun that goes into the farm stand. So I, you know, I have to kind of move them around. And I thought, well, if I dry them, I can sell them all through the winter. So I sell them into um Christmas now we we have our farm stand open and I sell a lot at the holiday time and um I'll just there are some from last year but you can see kind of oh pretty
0: yeah um, it's nice
3: different varieties in there and I you know I probably have about um 10 or more different varieties and I experiment with new ones every year this year I'm going to be using the poppy pods and Mm last year I had a fresh cut that I'd never grown before called basket flower. And it, I wasn't selling it very much as a fresh cut. And one of my friends was here and she saw the bud on it. And the bud is what makes it be called basket flower. It was really all kind of webbed. And so I, she says, what, you know, how would it work as a dried bud? And so I tried it and they were beautiful. They, they oh. had nice long stems. So I added those in. So, cool. um, Yeah, so I honestly, Linda, I spend more time with my flowers after they're not in the field. (laughs) (laughs) So in this room that we're in, I can spend hours and hours pulling these flowers together and bunching them and hanging them and then taking them off. They're hanging off of wires. That's what they're on back there. Mm -hmm. And then I box them all. And then I start making um, mixed bouquets with them and I sell them here and I get special, like, you know, I get a few special orders. And then I sold them at one of our local restaurants throughout the winter. I just put like six bouquets at a time in there and they just went through the winter. And cool. That's nice. yeah, speaking of
0: the winter, Blake, I wanted to touch base
3: on the different seasons
0: because we know about your winters. <laughs> <We> <laughs> know that it gets a little chilly up there, but wow. what happens in for well the farming? Because I know you get a lot of rain too but not as much as Seattle, right? Well, you're a little different or no, I don't know, but. We are,
2: we yeah. are different. Um, I think, you know, cities also reverberate heat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're also located right on the, the water. We have Samish Bay. We have several bays throughout our, our region. And with that, we get cool maritime uh, temperatures especially in the summertime. And these, these cooler nights are what um, helps us, for instance, with our blueberry production. So if you do have a longer uh, harvest window, then that helps release the sugars and the berries. And we have some, some very sweet, wonderful blueberries. Also, the cooler temperatures help, uh, help promote the really bright red color in our mm-hmm. potatoes. So we grow almost all of very close to all of Washington State's uh, red potato production is right here in the Skagit Mm. Valley. And so we can achieve those colors because of of our cooler summer temperatures. Mm. And so we do like to encourage people to experience our farms in the summer, because that's why we live here. The summers are incredible. They don't have humidity. We don't have really scary bugs. (laughs) <laughs> um it's okay it's you know it's today is a beautiful 79 degree day a light breeze the skies are super clear um so anyone who lives in this area we don't leave in the summertime it's <laughs> incredible you know mm. yes we do have four seasons we have you know mm. actually fall is oftentimes very beautiful um but it can it can be it can be it's the pacific northwest yeah yeah that's why we have lots of green
0: for for visitors are they are there still activities and farm stands and things like that to go to during the fall and winter and early spring
2: absolutely so the reason why we do farm stand fresh is to keep our farming community on the radar throughout the year so our high seasons are spring and fall we have the tulip festival which is world renowned many people are familiar with our tulip festival, um, which is the entire month of April. And then come fall, to be quite honest, most of our farmers have incredible harvest uh, times, you know, starting in September. So, September and October, you can still find plenty of bounty throughout our region, even going into November. Um, I think Linda uh Blanchard Martin Farm Linda you were open I think through December of last yeah, I think, year
3: I think we pulled our uh farm stand sign at the end of the road out on Christmas day with our kids yeah. so that, <laughs> that was the day I was like okay we'll close <laughs> yeah but we had uh. you know we had winter squash and onions and pie pumpkins and um and the flat and the dried flowers through December uh. Excellent. Excellent. This is, you know,
0: everyone's got to go and uh, read Diva Linda's article. Go on blendradioandtv.com. Just type in Skagit Valley and then you'll also be able to hear Blake's interview with us a couple months ago. Uh, Also, uh, go over to everyone's website. So genuineskagitvalley.com. You've got blanchardmountainfarm.com and you can access the guest house from there, I mean, you can't actually walk into the guest house, but you can see it <laughs> <laughs> on day. Uh And also, keep up with Diva Linda's adventures. Go to allingoodtaste.info mm-hmm. Uh, diva linda's on every first saturday next saturday we'll be talking or next month uh we'll be talking about her uh boating adventures which are always a hoot to chat about uh, her boating adventures in the pacific northwest that she does every summer with her husband alan and then um you'll be off you know you're going to be off in a few days right diva linda you're off floating on another floating thing You're you're floating yes. a lot
1: yeah, so in uh two so we shut down the boat and are off the boat in about a week. Then we travel to California so we can drop off the dog and and so forth and so on, switch luggage, switch mindsets, and I'll be off to Europe for four weeks on a two weeks on a Viking cruise. This ought to be interesting. And um and it's in that like Norway, Sweden, Poland, that sort of thing. And then we're gonna hop over to Scotland and Ireland and do some tours over there. So, wow, uh, that's oh, that's awesome! My bucket list, my final bucket list, was Scotland and Ireland, and so this is this will be wonderful. I'm looking really looking forward to it.
0: You need cool. little leprechauns on your shoes yes. for Ireland, like little, you need little leprechaun green shoes.
1: You I need. Of, I well, I, I you know what? You can't bring a lot of shoes anymore in luggage, because but I you can really do charms. Somebody needs to have a change of charm on shoes thing. So you everyone,
0: you know <laughs> what i mean so diva linda today she's a she's clamming because that's another thing you can do in the skagit valley we didn't touch oh. on is clamming so we could put a big clam on your shoes then you can go to ireland put a leprechaun on your shoes you know when when you're on viking river cruise Chantons. you can put a big yes. viking hat on it anyway it's it's a new company i'm starting. not really <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, have fun on the cruise. I know we'll we'll be talking with you soon. And ladies, no. thank you so much for joining us. No, it was, it was a pleasure again. And nice to meet you, Linda. Yes, mm-hmm. nice to meet you. Thank you. Very-